Dear brothers and sisters, definitions are very important. Definitions, how we define our terms, is very important because by definitions we are able to understand 
what something is and what something isn't. Clarity in our words, clarity in our definitions, clarity in our speech, knowing what we mean when we say certain words. All of these things are critically important for having understanding of what we're saying and what others are saying. But we're in an age where people are always talking over one another. We're in an age where people do not define their terms. We are in an age where people deny the existence of definitions. And we are in an age where people actively change definitions of words, thinking that by changing the definition, they change reality itself. That is the time that we are living in, dear brothers and sisters. And there are many such terms that are debated over that people are not defining, refusing to define, or altering. Freedom, morality, right and wrong, health, wealth, gender, choice, even the word recession gets changed in this day and age. Another word that has a clear definition but which people have a lot of confusion about is the word religion. The word religion, we tend to think of religion as a series of doctrines and practices, what we believe and what we do. Religion is seen as what you believe in your heart as well as what you may or may not do. But people have other understandings of what religion could be. For some people, religion is just what their family calls itself. So for them, they're Christian because their family is Christian. They're Jewish because their family is Jewish. They're Muslim because their family self-identifies as Muslim. For some people, religion is defined by what they eat or don't eat. So they're Muslim because they only eat halal. Or someone's Jewish because they choose to eat kosher and only kosher. Some people define religion by what holidays they celebrate. So they're Christian because they celebrate Christmas, or they're Jewish because they celebrate Hanukkah or other Jewish holidays. They're Muslim because they go for Eid twice a year. Or someone's a Hindu because they celebrate Diwali. They define themselves by their cuisine, their family background, or the holidays they choose to celebrate. People also have different ideas about what it means to be quote-unquote religious. You often hear in our own spaces as Muslims, people say things like so-and-so is religious. So-and-so is not is practicing, and so-and-so is not practicing. And this exists in all of our languages as well. In Arabic you say, Fulan mutadayin, or ghayru mutadayin, or Fulan multazim, or ghayru multazim. The same terms exist in our languages where we say that this one is practicing and this one is not. But these things are very seldom defined 
So the questions we want to ask ourselves today, dear brothers and sisters, are what is the true meaning of religion? What does it mean to be religious? And what deepens our religious commitments? We use the word religion, but we all know that the Arabic word is deen. What is religion and what is deen? Are they the same thing? Are they different? And if so, what is the difference? Is Islam a religion like Christianity or Judaism? Or is it something different? Now the origins of the word religion are highly debated among scholars of religion itself. Some say it comes from the Latin word religare, which means to bind or to join together, to connect. Others say that it comes from the word religio, which means a code of conduct or the proper performance of rituals and rites. So you have religion as that which binds and connects and religion as the proper performance of rituals. And we see both of these meanings within the deen, within the deen of Islam, because you have that which binds as your core belief. Even the word for belief or doctrine, aqidah, is that which binds, aqadah. And the second meaning of religio, the proper performance of ritual, well, that is our fiqh tradition, our legal tradition. But for some people, Islam is just about what they believe inside without any expression of that belief in what they do. And for some people, Islam is just about what they do. It's just about do's and don'ts, or eating this and not eating that. And it doesn't connect to any spiritual relationship or connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we need to avoid both of those extremes. And that brings us back to the real definition of deen. What is deen? And we say that the deen has been defined by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. For he says in the hadith, addressing the entire ummah, تَرَكْتُكُمْ عَلَى الْمَحَجَّةِ الْبَيْضَاءِ لَيْلُهَا كَنَهَارِهَا لَا يَزِيغُ عَنْهَا إِلَّا هَالِكِ He says, I have left you on the middle of a bright and well-trodden path whose night is like its day. No one strays from it except one who is ruined. Here the Prophet ﷺ describes the deen as a mahajja. The mahajja is the well-trodden path. It is the siratullah al-mustaqim, the straight path of Allah Ta'ala, which is a wide path. And it is baydah, he describes it as bright, meaning it's bright and luminous. It is a bright path. It's not a dark path. It's not an opaque path. It's not an ambiguous path. It's not a murky path. It is a very clear path. This Mahajjatul Bayda is the path of Al Islam. And Islam is literally defined by the ulama as attaining well being, attaining salama, and peace, and wholeness through willing surrender and submission 
to the creator of the heavens and the earth. Islam is that. Islam, it defines the only possible relationship that the finite and limited human beings and others can have with the infinite. Islam is the only possible relationship that the relative can have with the absolute, which is submission and surrender. Dear brothers and sisters, that is our deen. A modern author writing about religious anthropology once described the functions of religion involving five different things. And I find this to be a very useful guide for how we understand the function of deen in our life and what defines religion and being religious. This author said that there are five functions of religion. The first is transmission. The second is translation. The third is transaction. The fourth is transformation. And the fifth and final is transcendence. Now you'll notice with all of these, they have the prefix trans, which means to go beyond. That is because religion is supposed to take you beyond the mundane, beyond the ordinary, and beyond the day-to-day, -day, even while you still live in the mundane and the ordinary and day-to-day. -day. That's what religion is supposed to do. Let's look at these five elements and how they define being religious. Mutadayin, Multazim. Transmission. This is to impart to every generation a sense of identity through shared customs, shared rituals and stories, a shared worldview, and historical continuity. This means we have to ask ourselves, what are the unique customs and rituals that we receive which give us as Muslims a sense of who we are? Of course, there are cultural customs that give people a sense of who they are. There are cultural customs that give one a sense of what it is to be Pakistani. Cultural customs that give one a sense of what it is to be an Egyptian, or Moroccan, or Algerian, or Nigerian, or American. But the deen of Islam gives us rituals and stories and a worldview that connects us to the past and to others in the world who have the same worldview, regardless of their ethnicity. This is how Muslims from one part of the world can connect with Muslims on the other part of the world, even though they don't share the same culture or even language, because they have a shared view of reality, which is viewing the reality through the lenses of La ilaha illallah Muhammadun Rasulullah. And that's what brings them together. The second aspect of religion is translation, meaning religion, deen, is supposed to help you interpret life and acquire meaning and make sense of how everything in the world relates to the big picture, the whole, socially and cosmically. So when you understand deen, it helps you make sense of the world around you. It helps you make sense of the good and the bad 
that unfold in this world? How does the deen help us to make sense of the world and our place in it? Does it give us a sense of purpose? Does it give us a sense of where we fit in in the grand scheme of things? It should. The third aspect of deen, dear brothers and sisters, after transmission and translation is transaction, mu'amala, transaction. And transaction is that which helps us create and sustain healthy communities of believers. And transaction is what provides us with guidelines for ethical interactions with our families, with our communities, and with broader society. We've said it many times before on this minbar that all of the halal and the haram rulings in sharia about mu'amala or interactions between believers, the do's and the don'ts, and all the rules governing how men and women interact and how we buy and sell, etc. All of these ahkam, these rulings of interaction are aiming to preserve the ties of brotherhood and sisterhood and to prevent fallouts and broken relationships. Why is it recommended in Islam, for example, to have witnesses and a written contract when someone is loaning money to someone else? It's because people forget. Either party may forget. And if one forgets and the other remembers and there's a dispute, who gets to decide this? And even if one is in the right and it's ruled in their favor, it creates bad blood in the community. That's just one example. So deen is also for the purpose of transaction. It is a social phenomenon. Islam is a deen of jama'ah, a deen of community. It's a social deen. We're not meant to be Muslims and practice Islam all alone without companionship, without suhbah. There are times in the world where that may be inevitable for some people. But as an ideal, the Prophet ﷺ tells us, The strength and support of Allah Ta'ala is with the community. So after transmission and translation and transaction, the fourth aspect of deen is transformation. Change. Islam, deen, when properly practiced, is supposed to develop us, is supposed to nurture us, and it is supposed to be the means of us growing in nearness to our Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How does our practice of Islam uplift us and draw us nearer to Allah ta'ala? If our religion is just about going through the motions with no heart, no feelings, no understanding of what we're saying and what we're doing, then something is wrong. We are lacking in the area of transformation. Islam is about this transformation and this change. Islam is about developing the soul. So if we have the first three, the transmission, the translation, and the transaction, but there's no change, then something is missing. And lastly, dear brothers and sisters, another aspect of deen is the fifth and final one, transcendence. 
going beyond ourselves, beyond the mundane world, beyond the dunya. This is the ultimate goal of deen, to bring one to reality, to understand things as they truly are. The Prophet ﷺ taught us in the dua to say, Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna tiba'ah. O Allah, show us truth as truth and enable us to follow it. And one of the du'as, sometimes reported as a hadith, but which is actually one of the statements or du'as of the early generations was, Allahumma arina al-ashya'a kamahiya. O Allah, show us things as they truly are. O Allah, show us reality as it truly is. أَرِنَ الْأَشْيَاءَ And interestingly, in Arabic, the word mahiya is the essence, the quiddity of something, the what is itness of a thing. The mahiya, the what is it of that. That is transcendence, dear brothers and sisters. It is to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to experience His jamal and His jalal and His attributes experientially. To know your Creator, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first three aspects, the transmission, the translation and transaction of deen, this is what we commonly see as the outward aspect of religion. These are the outward aspects and we need them because we need community, we need jama'ah, we need a shared culture, a shared worldview shared experiences and a sense of groundedness and wholeness with others. And these needs must be met. As the scholars say, that the human being needs intimacy. And the word for human being in Arabic, insan, is from uns, which means intimacy. We are social beings. Dear brothers and sisters, if we look at these functions, we see they make up what we call organized religion. And that's a very loaded term, organized religion. But we see that organized religion focuses on these first three particularly. The transmission, the translation, and transaction. But for very, very many people, no matter what, where they are in their deen, they often struggle with the last two which is the transformation and the transcendence. We have in this society and in many other societies a very recent phenomenon of people who describe themselves as spiritual but not religious. The SBNR, spiritual but not religious. According to various polls, anywhere between 15 up to 30% of people polled describe themselves as spiritual but not religious. And they're not defining their terms, what they mean by spiritual, nor do they define what they mean by religious. But this is basically people seeking transcendence but not finding it within deen, within guidance. They search for transcendence and meaning in a variety of ways, sometimes very harmful ways. It may surprise many of you to know that for a very long time, the best-selling poet in North America is none other than 
Bolana Jalaluddin al-Rumi, rahimahullah. He's put forth as this spiritual poet, as if he was some kind of lovey-dovey hippie, even though he was a great scholar and even a qadi, a judge. But that's the search for transcendence that people have. They search it through poetry, they search it through uh, psychedelics, they search it through uh, other physical experiences, they search for it in drugs, they search for it in pornography, they search for it in so many things, that is a human desire that has to be filled, and so many people are fulfilling it in harmful ways. So if we are to have deen with purpose, dear brothers and sisters, there has to be all of these things together in our life. There has to be transmission, translation, transaction, transformation, and transcendence. This means that the deen has to be transmitted to each generation to educate and to give experiences to our youth and to our community. Knowledge, practice, worldview, a way of understanding the way the world is. It has to be translated into daily life to help us make sense of the world around us and how we respond to the challenges of this world. It cannot be a once-a-week endeavor and not a lived reality in day-to-day -day life. For Islam to survive and endure to the next generation, the next generation has to see in day-to-day -day life, not just Jumrah and Eid, that Islam is a lived reality, not just a theory. Islam works in my household, it's lived in my household, and none of us are perfect, but we see that it makes us better people at the end of the day. It has to be a means of healthy connections with other people who share our deen, our way of life. And one cannot be a loner Muslim and hope to have these qualities. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to connect us to our true purpose of existence and to open the doors for us that we truly receive and understand this deen and to give us basira, insight and strength to transmit it and to live it and to interact with others, proper transactions according to the deen so that we and our families and our communities have the transformation and transcendence that we need. Ameen. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fika ma yuhibbu Rabbuna wa yaudah. Wa salatu wa salam al-atimman al-akmalan ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wa ba'd. Dear brothers and sisters, we said of the first three aspects, transmission, translation, and transaction represent the outward aspects of deen, the zahir. And the last two, transformation and transcendence, represent the inward aspects of our deen, the batin. As far as transmission is concerned, we have to understand that from day one, Islam has always been about heart-to-heart -heart transmission. It has always been a grassroots discourse. 
We may have books, we may have social media, technology, big conferences, and so on. And all of those things play important secondary roles and supplements. But they can never be the primary means through which the legacy of the Prophet Muhammad is transmitted and nurtured in people. They are at best secondary means. At root, Islam is a way of transmission heart to heart. And when we look at the problems in society today, whether it is among Muslims or others, we see that much of the problems stem from a lack of personal connection, a lack of heart-to-heart -heart human connection. This lack of heart-to-heart -heart human connection leads to a lack of empathy and a lack of mercy, which leads to a decontextualized understanding of Islam. It leads to an ugly and unbalanced expression of Islam as the Prophet ﷺ warned, He said three times, Perished are those who go to extremes. All of that goes back to people not having a heart-to-heart -heart transmission of the deen from those who have had a heart-to-heart -heart transmission of the deen from those who have had it going back to Rasulullah That is because the Messenger of Allah والسلام, did not just teach the Shahada and the elements of belief and practice, he also transmitted these things. He taught the Quran and he transmitted the Quran, its realities and the character of the Quran. He transmitted this deen through his gazes, he transmitted it through his words, through his actions, through his approvals. He transmitted it through his du'as for the ummah and his emotional and spiritual connection with them. He transmitted his deen through his care and his concern for each and every companion among his companions, And the biggest indication of this is the beautiful hadith where the companions would think, each one of them would think that they, out of all of the companions, they would think they were the most beloved to the Prophet Imagine being treated that way, where you think, out of thousands of people, that no one, the Prophet loves no one greater than you. That is transformation. And that is how they received the deen, dear brothers and sisters. So in summary, this deen Allah has given us, Islam. Inna deen Islam. It is a way of translation. It clarifies why you're here and where you're going. It explains life to you and it helps you to grow and understand. The deen answers for us the three most important questions we can ever ask ourselves. Who am I? Why am I here? And where am I going? Where are you going? The deen is also translation. How do I deal with people? How do I buy and sell and marry? How do I interact with people? How do I deal with people in a healthy way? Whether family, spouse, peers, 
the elderly, the young, whoever it may be. And Dean is about transformation. If you implement this Dean, you see that it actually does improve your life. If you practice the guidance of Allah and His Messenger you see that you have become a better person. You say, look how far I have come. I've actually started to change for the better. Because if you change for the worse, then you're not really practicing the deen as you are meant to. This deen is supposed to give us also transcendence. Your religion, your deen is supposed to make you go beyond this cosmos and bring you knowledge of your ultimate purpose and to give you knowledge of your Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Without transcendence through the deen, people will seek transcendence through other things, drugs, addictions, so on and so forth. So being religious, being that mutadayyan person, that multazim, practicing person, it is to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is to know Rasulullah It is to fulfill the commands of Allah ta'ala and to abstain from his prohibitions and is to make tawbah when we fail in that regard and it is to draw near to Allah constantly asking him to make us better people so using this model of the five T's we receive this deen properly if we want to practice it properly we have to see it applied in our life and take its guidance for daily living not just week to week we have to interact with others based on the guidance of Allah and His Messenger and we have to undergo a process of transformation of actually getting better and improving as people and lastly we have to get out of the prison of the dunya and understand our ultimate purpose as human beings as creations of God destined for eternity beyond this world may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a proper understanding of our deen and give us the means of transmission, the means of translation, transaction, transformation and transcendence. We ask Allah Ta'ala to enable us to lay down firm roots of deen and to remove from us all shallowness, all going through the motions and being uncommitted. We ask Allah Ta'ala for Hararatul Iman, the, the heat and intensity of faith and we ask him for the burudatul yaqeen the coolness of certainty and we seek his protection from the lukewarmness of indifference and habit ameen rabbana atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab an-nar allahumma salli ala sayidina muhammadin عبدك ورسولك النبي الرومي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا بقدر عظمة ذاتك في كل وقت وحين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين وقوموا إلى صلاتكم